Hello listener and welcome to a brand new episode of the Keeping Up Appearances podcast, full of opinion, debate and football trivia with a hint of nostalgia. I'm Callum Murray and here with me is... Sean O'Hara, Bob Gall and Michael Tosh. They say not to judge a book by its cover, but we might judge a player by their appearance. As Let's get into it. We're not doing Tottenham Chelsea. We should oh, probably talk about it to be fair. I don't know, I haven't actually seen it. I've just read about <laughs> it. The most chaotic game of balling I've ever seen. I also haven't seen it. I watched the highlights this morning. I bet that was like the longest highlights. There was like I think there was four or five goals disallowed. Yeah, well, there was one for Son, wasn't there? One Good. for Son, one for Dyer, one for Caicedo. There might be one for Sterling. Um, was there a Jackson? Did Jackson get one shot off as well? Probably. He was celebrating quite a lot for someone who scored past nine men and Tom didn't have any plays in their own half. Literally the exact same goal three times, wasn't it? Uh, he oh. sued on his hat-trick one. He, like, uh, both had Tom play within, within 100 yards of him. But if you're being made out to be an absolute donkey and then you score a hat-trick against the league leaders unbeaten team you're bound to go a bit mad aren't you however do you know that Miss Jackson nickname he's got I think it's yeah. unbelievable like I think that's where like the universe has peaked it's, it's unbelievable yeah and his, his name does fit in perfectly to the song doesn't it exactly yeah his mum and dad knew what they were doing <laughs> legendary history teacher as well <laughs> that is a very good point also yeah, linked to football. Yeah. Husband played for Blackburn, apparently. That was always the the rumour. It's my form tutor, legend. Do you know what husband's name? Matt. M- Mr. Jackson. <laughs> oh, I'll say it's that. Anyway, oh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, just to let you know, I might have to shoot, so I might give me guess and then go, because we've got a house viewing tonight. So I'll have to um, back on Saturday in the house and that. So I might have to where you, where, do you know where, where are you thinking of moving to? Do you know? We've got a house. Oh, oh have you? Yeah. That was yeah. quick. Has it got a suitable space for a podcast Entre- studio? Entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, one of the rooms, Hannah keeps saying if we can have a baby room. And I'm like, oh, no. No, no, podcast, podcast room. room. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the plan. <laughs> right, should we go? Yeah. Hiya, Tosh, by the way. Hello, are you right? Hello, Tosh. <laughs> so, welcome back to another podcast. Of keeping up appearances again, back to the usual four. Plenty of good chats coming up on a, on a few different things. Obviously, we've got the return of Maroon Five again for this week. We'll have a review and preview of our games, and we'll have, of course, our keeping up appearances competition towards the end. But I think first, since we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, I think it's only right that we just touch quickly on what was possibly the most chaotic game of football. Think we've seen in a long time Tottenham Chelsea game last night. Uh, anyone have the pleasure of watching it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, thought it was um, thought it was fantastic. To be fair, I think just that first half, especially just like the amount of stuff that happened in about a fifteen minute period, was just an absolute joke. Really, I think you know, Doggy and and Romero both could have been sent off twice. Obviously, about seventy two disallowed goals. Tottenham was just mad. I thought the way they were playing that second half, how high they were, I know everyone's talking about it, but it's so entertaining. 
Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was a really good game. I mean, the first 15 minutes, I thought Tottenham were like incredible. Brilliant, yeah. Um, so, so, so good. So quick. Um, just in, in the just speed of play and everything. It was like, yeah, it was like doing fast forward or whatever. I think Neville even said that in, in the game. Um, just, just so quick on the transitions and stuff. And was it, did Song get his goal disallowed? That would have made it 2 0. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So, I Don't. mean, and then it was, <laughs> that was for Andre. And but then, even that, um, that was a brilliant goal as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Johnson's pass and Son's finish. Fantastic yeah. move there. Really good. Really good. And then, obviously, I think it all sparked from that absolutely crazy and unnecessary tackle from that Udogi, which, I, I mean, I don't know what he was he was thinking. It's like that, that mad two-footer challenge. It seemed to just, like, spark the game into, into something else. I think he probably maybe a bit fortunate not to be sent off, but I don't know. I, think, I thought he should have been. Yeah, I think it was one of them where the tackle itself is probably enough for a centre off, but he did kind of get the ball. But yeah, it was. I think he was walking a tight rope after that, wasn't he? And then obviously Romero should have should have went. I think for the first one. I think if you kick someone, it doesn't quite matter. If I don't know, I'm not sure about the first one. I think that when I first seen it, you thought, "Oh, we might get." And then after it was just a little sort of kick out. Yeah, I think that that's that's probably an, I don't know, enough. I, I think, but um, yeah, and then obviously. What he was thinking of that second one, I don't know. All of this loud goals, I think it was, just, it was the five, maybe. Um, they, as, you, as you say, even Tottenham in that second half, still looked very good. They were, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with that with that line. I mean, the line just kept on getting higher until like they were no longer playing offside anymore because they were in Chelsea's half. But, um, there was one they did, they did try to play one where it looked like they were in their own half. Didn't yeah. In Chelsea's half. It's like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I thought. Genius. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought Tottenham were great here. I thought I thought Chelsea. I actually thought Chelsea were getting back into it just before the sending off. Thought Chelsea were looking all right, and then obviously just the madness and yeah, I just it just seems and you like you've got the second half that Jackson looked like you know you you're starting to wonder how many people would have to be sent off for him to score, <laughs> and then he obviously you know he gets his hat trick and fair play to him. You know, I quite like he's quite entertaining to watch, but he just he's just mad. I got to a point where about 70 minutes was when you see like Mudrick, Sterling and Jackson, you're thinking, will he actually score these three? Are they, he's got it in it to be composed enough. Yeah. Obviously he managed to and even at two one Tottenham had the chances, didn't they? Like Son had a good shot save. They had a yeah, good chances from free kicks. That Son's one was just before they scored the second, wasn't it? I think they went up the the, the attack from that, I think. Yeah. Where Son yeah, is right. receiver, the attack from that, which is the like a, such a blow. I mean, shout out to Tottenham's keeper. Fantastic. Some of those saves are incredible. The one way, I don't know, he sort of dived at someone's feet and sort of blocked the shot. Then made, the, head, made the second save. Then made the second save straight after. It was incredible. But um, Yeah, I can't remember a game of football where it just seems like Gary Neville just seems to be going, oh, the whole <laughs> first half. It was just like Neville a big, long mode. <laughs> And then, you know, like, so much, you know, usually when you like, you see, like, 12 minutes of stoppage time, you're like, oh, for God's sake. But that one was like, yeah. you were like, come on, more, please. Yeah, it was incredible. And even, to be fair, like, even, like, Reese James, there just before half-time, where he's elbowed, um, who, who did the elbow? Going off with the head, he elbowed someone just before half-time. Was, was, it, yeah. was it who doggy maybe, or maybe... I can't remember. I thought I thought Neville was sort of over egging that one myself. I thought he was just he caught him. I didn't think I know it was, he was trying to point the point that he was being a bit stupid, but yeah, it was just that's what, I think that's it was just like such a risky thing to have done with the way the game was going and potentially you know the ref the ref wanting to make a bit of a a leveler. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean yeah, chaotic game, but really fun. I mean, from one chaotic game to maybe 
another Celtic game in possibly not the completely the same vein, but the Arsenal Newcastle game on the on the Saturday. Did uh, anyone watch that? Seen the highlights, few and far between, really. But just referees just seem to be the main men the past few weeks. It's getting really boring. What were your thoughts, Sean? I mean, we had a little discussion before we started recording here and we were trying to think of the main talking points of the match and I think it's fairly telling of the quality of the game that we couldn't really remember any chances, any real moments of quality. It all just comes down to the terrible tackles or the stupid off-the-ball incidents and then obviously the the goal in the end, which was full of controversy, three cases where people seem to be agreeing or disagreeing on whether it was a goal or not. One thing I found hilarious is the amount of people who were posting all over social media, that picture of like a ball next to something, showing it from the side and showing it from above, as yeah. if like, we're all idiots. Like I understand now what a ball looks like. And if, if I'm honest, I don't really see the point in debating that because the fact we're still talking about it three, four days later means there's no proof. So it's one of those things. If we didn't have VAR, we'd have just accepted that that was a goal anyway because that's yeah. what the referee's given. So I don't really see... It was, see a, fa- it was a foul. That was the obvious well, one. That's the thing for me as well. I, I think it should, should have been ruled out because I do think it's a foul. Again, I know some people are saying he's already that- underneath the ball, but at the end of the day... They're so always given, aren't they? Two arms in his back. I just don't understand how that's not a foul. Yeah. And even though I was happy for me mate Anthony, I, I, do, I don't think the, the goal should have counted. Yeah. Personally, I'd say, well, go on, Tosh. No, no, I was just going to say on that point you said, what surprised me was people always say, you know, like, oh, Gabe, Gabriel's got to do better. Just know, like, I never understand that. He probably should have done better, but it still doesn't mean he wasn't fouled as well. And that's like, exactly. just clearly two arms. He is ducking into it. And I'm so with I don't think I'm not massively aggrieved it wasn't a foul, but just the people who say, Oh, you know, like I think Neville and Carragher were both saying they didn't think it was a foul. And I think it's hard to when you see the picture of the two push the two hands in his back and he clearly gets underneath it. I don't know. It just that part was a bit that bewildered me a bit. Just people's like making out, oh, just because he should have defended it better, that means it isn't a foul, which I don't think is the case. It's it's a foul like ninety-nine times out of hundred, isn't it? Yeah. But then in fairness, I, I I also don't necessarily agree with how Arteta's managed it. I think he, he, can, he, can, he can manage it however he likes. No, no I, see, I, I disagree. I think, do you know, like when we talk about like elite managers, I, I, I always remember like Mourinho, who if a decision or something wouldn't go his way, everything with him seemed tactical. felt like he was always in control yeah. of the situation. I don't feel like Arteta was in control there. I feel like his, he'd lost his head. And I just think stuff like that is when we see that the pressure gets to him a little bit, where he'll now be looking at City going, we can't afford to lose these games. But still, I don't think his head can go like it has been. He, he should be showing his players that he's calm, that he will deal with this, but he, he doesn't. He loses his head every time. But referees, I know I know people are saying that it's getting a bit vicious now, they want to stick to that, but they've been getting away with absolute... Not obviously not murder. It's only refereeing decisions for years, and none of them being none of them have been held accountable. So I'm quite like liking the slagging they're getting at the moment because they do deserve it. 
Uh, Most important man on the pitch, Bob. No game without the referee, Bob. You've got to remember that. It's not. I'd quite enjoy it without the refs, to be honest. I don't know. I think just with going back to Arteta, I think I, I just think I can sort of understand. Like, I don't mind that, but I just think that was the wrong time to go at it. Like, I, th- that wasn't the, the reaction. I can understand. Like, you know, like when, say, if it was the Liverpool one going back to that one and Klopp comes out like that, which he sort of did, you couldn't understand. I just think, like, the first big decision the referee got wrong, I thought, was not sending Havertz off. Like, I thought that was just a sending off every day of the week. And, I, I don't know. It's just I feel when I seen that interview, it's a bit like it's just mad, just really mad. And yeah, I I, don't, I think when you watch that, if you watch that documentary, the Arsenal documentary, I've only seen bits. He comes across a bit like that Arteta, and I think that's something the players do sort of buy into it, his passion and his. So I, I don't think that yeah, the players would be too bothered. But yeah, I just think if you're going to have a big rant and a big thing about it, make sure it's like I'm sure there will be at some point a decision that goes against yeah a big one. You know, I don't know why he's decided to pick that one. But then he's also put the club in a difficult position, hasn't he? Because then the next day they issued the big issue. That was also pathetic. And you think, as you say, Tosh, at some point they might need to fight it like Liverpool did against Tottenham. But he's almost gone a bit earlier on on that. Has one. he? He's played well. Arsenal. But it was a re- it was a, it was completely wrong. Their decision. That decision. I'm not sure it was. Down. I don't think it was. To be fair, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's completely wrong. Goal, I don't think they've actually. The, the the ball going over the line or not is like is what is impossible. They thought it it stayed in. It probably has play on the offside. He got that right, and then the push in the back. I think I'm not actually sure he pushed him too much. To be fair, I think that I don't think it was a unnatural push, as in to push him out of the way of the ball. I think he's put his, his hands up on the on the other person when you put the still on it, and you can see Gabriel bending forward and his hands. I think it looks a lot worse than it is, but in like just a natural running of it. I don't think it's actually that much of a push. I think if you if you're given that as a push, then like I don't know how anyone goes and wins a header or anything. That I mean the defenders, Gabriel would have done the same thing to Joel in or the strikers for the whole game going for headers. I think you, you put your two hands on. That's it. I don't think he's like pushed them out of the way of the ball. I don't think. I I also think oh, Gary Neville's said after the match, and he? he said, "I'm I'm disagreeing with me mates here. Like I'm disagreeing with." Lads that played footy with me that have have like been involved in the game at the highest level, and even they split on it. So like the fact we're yeah. split on it, and we've just played like a bit of Sunday league. They're playing like the same level. They they live, breathe footy, and even they can't decide. So to say it was completely wrong again. That's kind of the where we're at in it. Ah, but... the, uh, yeah, I'm probably am biased there, and I really because I don't like Newcastle and I love Arteta. And Bain said it was a foul. So. <laughs> I, I haven't asked them actually. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, just think, I don't think you can really moan at the ref for that. One. It's probably one of them where, if we're all Arsenal fans, we've all said it's definitely a foul. But I think, I, would not. I think if, if it's for your team, you you, you want it given. If it's against your yeah. team, you think it's not. But I, I, can't, I don't think you can really blame the ref on that. There, there'll definitely be worse decisions that go on this season than that. Hundred percent. Worst decisions so, in that game. Exactly. Yeah. Probably like within fifteen minutes of it. So I think. Yeah. I, I don't think it's. Um, yeah. I don't think it's as, as a cut and dry decision. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be moaning at the ref too much over that decision. I don't. It's also I, just I, it's the press. It's the precedent it sets. Really, isn't it? Obviously, Liverpool have released their statement. Ah, so is that what everyone does now? You know. Yeah. You think well, like, they didn't? Yeah. Everyone apart yeah, from Everton. Everyone apart yeah. from Everton will do it. 
But it's like Wolves, like you know, like Wolves in the last few weeks have had some two mm. or three shockers against them, and it's like just now well, it's like I don't like I don't know if you've seen Angie's interviews on on like we think it was wasn't it was with an American channel, and again he's I know he's playing to his oh look at that look how nice a fella he is, but yeah. you know he just says that's football, you just get on with it. Some decisions are good, yeah. some decisions are bad. I know he couldn't really complain about any decisions last night, which doesn't which helps, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm somebody who loves to slag referees off like Bob does, but I think I don't know. I just I thought that one was mad in the sense that that particular incident I didn't see much. I thought it was potentially a foul, but if you say it isn't, I can sort of live with that. Maybe, well, maybe it is that Klopp has set the precedent there, and Arteta yeah, Arteta feels like his team has faced that injustice, so he's just following the lead there. I don't know. Done. You done there. Yeah, a good little debate, that bit of, bit of disagreement. What we like. Didn't talk about the attendance off, though, but do we need to now? Like their habit and Gamares or whatever, or do you want to just leave it if it didn't come up? I mean, yours, Nick, I don't think Habit was a sending off. Do you not know? No. I, but, but then I, I also love the fact that that kicked the whole thing off. Like That, that just, was great. It kicked the whole game off. It was quality. I walked in back from it like I'd come from Everton and I literally walked in the door as that was happening. I was like, great. And I had Neville saying something. I wasn't been too good before that. But I just thought it was mad that that, that instant Havertz's tackle led to three Newcastle players being booked, didn't it? Yeah. So it's like, you well there, Havertz. Havertz was walking around like he, he didn't know what was going on while every Newcastle player kept booked. It was boss. But again, worthwhile just saying it is another great result for Newcastle as well. We've had like a busy week, and we were saying last week about injuries, weren't we? And the injuries they've got, and that's that's a brilliant result. I know Arsenal weren't yeah. the best, but to still tear up and get that, I think we said we mentioned it last week. But Howe's doing a brilliant job there. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think he's doing a very good job. Like Arteta, I think I just said there before. That's not the players are buying into it. I think the players have bought into to how in a different way. Um, I think it's almost like a bit of a. I don't know if he has kind of made a bit of an us against them. Either mentality, but not in like the kind of bitter way that usually that usually is meant. Uh, I think he's just sort of got a real camaraderie there, especially between the fans and, and the club and stuff. Um possibly a bit of a underdog mentality in, in parts. But uh, yeah, I I obviously think he's a very good coach. Um I think as well, we said it last week when we talked about Ten Hag, didn't we? We mentioned, you know, like about the USV them, Callum, it's probably like, you know, like when all that money comes in, you're thinking your long staffs and your Lascelles and yeah, even Joe Linton, who at that point was a bit of a sort of everyone mm-hmm. was thinking he was rubbish. They probably thought they're gone, don't they? And he's come yeah. in, he's given them a chance. And like they're all playing the Champions League now and starting every single game. And yeah, I just think I, I think it's a real sign of a good coach who can make these players better. And like a lot of them yeah, players, they look brilliant. Every we mentioned Gordon again, brilliant on such on Saturday. You know, left wing up front, he's just he's just doing a great job. Yeah, I, sure. I do think though, Carl, I don't think he necessarily needed to create deals versus them. As soon as that money came in, it was made for him, wasn't it? It's true. But yeah, I think what you make a good point that the fact that he's using that to his advantage is probably a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it did the whole country hates Newcastle. I think Bob already did, but. They generally do because of all the money they've got, but he's turning that into something good that he's and where the money what, comes from. Yeah, that's what, I don't think it's like a what I mean. I don't think it's from like a place of like bitterness, though. It, it doesn't seem to be like they've got a chip on the shoulder about it. It just seems to like brought them together in a, in a way, if you know what I mean. It's just yeah, like yeah. it doesn't seem to be like bitter or like because I don't think he's that kind of person. No, I don't. He's kind always... of just like built up a bit of like a culture or whatever where it's it just like. They're together in it, and as as Tosh yeah. said, with those kind of players, it's you know he's kept kind of those 
um, workhorse kind of players who maybe wouldn't have got a chance under other managers because you know maybe they're not maybe it's not fashionable to have long staff in in the midfield. But he, he's yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely kind of I don't know integrated the right people in the in the right team in the right way. I think which is a which is interesting that they're getting the rewards for it. But yeah, the difference you can see in just a good manager, a good coach, um, is massive in what he's done to those players. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see how they do. How we mentioned the trumpet at Ottingham Forest. <laughs> you can play, that can be song of the week. That good idea. It <laughs> was very, very good. Don't let him play it though. <laughs> Something, the one at Goodison had a nightmare as well, but not, Quite as bad, and it set me off. So, did he, I, I didn't even notice. Not... I didn't. I thought he'd done well. No, it, it was, it was, it was very, very, very slight, and it set me and pass off briefly. But if I had been a not forest for that, I would have That's been. the fellow because someone wasn't a little nerd as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Put that one out. What's just comedy goal? What there was a um, eve some form of even at SFX where some nerd played the trumpet or the trombone. <laughs> No, it was it was Gilbert, and he was like, oh, it, 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 yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's what quality. That's what that's what reminds so me. So good. Of. <laughs> yeah, it was so that good. Was, that was the highlight of the weekend. That nerd. So. Hope all, all the listeners enjoyed that little bit. Yeah, <laughs> legends <laughs> of the brass game. Right then, we're we moving on. Uh, so that wraps up a fitting finale to match week eleven. On the themes of finales, I'm sure you're all aware that the greatest band to ever walk the planet have released their final song this week. So that's triggered our uh, Maroon Five for this week. So Maroon Five released a song this week. I didn't know Alphabet were back. <laughs> they did come back briefly, didn't he? So we should have done that the other week. No, I'm talking about the Beatles. So <laughs> sorry. I'll I'll start again. No, just do no. I'm talking about the Beatles and go from there because that that sounds quite good. Okay, so no, I'm obviously talking about the Beatles, and as we are, uh, a Fab Four from Liverpool, we'll move on to Maroon Five this week. So take it away, Tosh. I've done just just done most of my intro, Bob. So yeah, uh, just a recap from last week. So last week we looked at backs and. I've got to say, on it, there was a bit of a comeback itself. It looked like uh, United Bayern was going to run away at one point, but I think the big, the super white army of Tramia took over the pole, and I think it was about 71%, Sean. Yeah, it was an absolute landslide. So hopefully we've got some more Tramia listeners this week, because we, we talk about them every single week. We, it's mostly Tramia content, really, if you don't switch off just yet. Okay, yeah, so Kumas, Aldridge, and the rest of the lads are going off to the island to join the Chartons and Van Basten. But let's see who's going to join them this week. So, as Bob mentioned, with uh, the Beatles releasing their final ever song, we thought it would be an interesting one to discuss best ever finales. So, players, clubs, managers, etc., who we think ended their time with the club or their career in general on a high. The obvious one this week was the one that first came to our mind. We're going to go with Sir Alex Ferguson, who obviously left in 2013, I think. Winning the league back from Manchester City in emphatic fashion. Do we all agree with that, Bob? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was the first one that popped into my head. Um, probably because United are in 
disarray at the moment in the past couple of weeks that he had prior to the Fulham game. Um, did just make you think of how how important he was to the club and how it just completely collapsed since he left. And especially with him winning that league title with a pretty average squad, I think it just shows what an achievement that was, really. It's, it's an achievement that got better, didn't it, after it, he sort of went yeah. to think Van signed the sign of Van Persie at the start, leading towards it. But yeah, he announced just after and obviously became a poached our manager. But yeah, I think Sir Alex going out at the top, winning the league, the last league title Manchester United win, and probably for a good long while, you'd imagine the way things are going. <laughs> yeah. Um, right then, the order for this week. Maybe I never started, so maybe I'll start it this week with my selection. So my selection's going to be Didier Drogba. Sir Ale- oh, I thought you were just going to go for Sir Alex Ferguson. If we were putting a setting that up, wouldn't it have just done that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go Didier Drogba again. First one that sort of sprang to my mind, really. Kelsey, absolute legend. He would be ranked up there with any of their greats. I think one of the big things about him was his ability to score in big games. I think scored in four FA Cup finals. I think still holds the record for the most goals at Wembley in club games. And obviously ended his career winning in the final game for Chelsea. I know he did come back and I'm sure someone's going to come back at me with that in a minute, but it ended this fair spell winning the Champions League in Munich against Bayern Munich. I think that whole run, Chelsea were nowhere near it. They should have been beaten by Napoli earlier on. Barcelona should have beat them. I think Drogba basically had to end up playing basically on the right wing, a right wing back in the semi-final for his team. But I think the final really just sums it up. I think when you talk about the name, being on a trophy and someone destined to that day an unbelievable amount of shots they faced by Munich battered them went 1-0 up and it took a, a header from a corner a fantastic header from Drogba such a powerful header in the, in injury time taking it to injury time obviously in extra time sorry taking it to extra time in extra time Bayern missed a penalty it went to penalty and Drogba steps up to score the winning penalty to win Chelsea the first Champions League and I think your last kick in a Chelsea shirt. And it's a bit of a shame yeah. he came back. Your last kick to potentially win your club the Champions League is just just unbelievable. I think just that, the, the big game, Pele, because Chelsea have no right to even be in that final. They had no right to be only 1-0 down. They get a corner, which was, you know, just out of nowhere, really. And um, so just, he manufactures that goal himself. He runs, he gets her on the near post. He, an unbelievable bullet header. I just think, yeah, couldn't be a better way to go out going away as the king... Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be my selection. Yeah, it's fair shot. I think so. Obviously, like an iconic player, isn't he? Iconic. It's kind of legendary Premier League figure. Um, definitely a, a Chelsea icon as well. And yeah, I remember watching that game. I think I watched that with you actually, Bob, in town. Um, that oh, final. Oh, yeah, Ardan's twenty first. Thinking, uh, try back it maybe, but uh, yeah. Good question then, Sean. Where were you, me and you, that night then, Sean? There's, there's the next question. <laughs> Do you really want me to say that on the pod, Tosh? I just you do. Absolutely do. Uh, where were you? I'm, I'm worried you think something? it's worse than it is now. <laughs> we were at, um, Go on. At Girls Aloud. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. You just told everyone that it was Westlife. 
<laughs> I told everyone you didn't need to tell everyone we've been together as a lad. It's like that night. I told it. I put on the Twitter the other day that we were at Boys Own, so we'll be getting a reputation now. Girls allowed. Get. I tell you, we were girls allowed. That was the night when Bet No one Bale scored that brilliant goal away at West Ham, where he like runs and hugs Pochettino. No yeah, Pochettino. Uh, Diaz Boas. We were at Girls Allowed that night. That was a Monday night. Oh, okay. Was that Westlife's final tour as well before he came back? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, the finale. So, also, the day the day before Girls Allowed, I was at, actually at the big reunion in London. Yeah, you didn't invite me, you snide. <laughs> it, it was a panic buy. But yeah, what a two days that was. Top royalty. Yeah, we're just getting off drug by now, though. So we just need to less, less chat about that. But yeah. Anyone else? Any, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Anyone disagreeing with Drog or anything to put in the negative? I don't think so. No, he just always seems to score against Everton, didn't he? Scored more against Liverpool, though. I think did he? Well, I don't know, mm. but I remember he was like when he performed the year before he signed. I remember him like knocking Liverpool out the UEFA Cup for Marseille, and I, I think he did tend to score against Liverpool. Also, his one of his last ever games was scoring against Liverpool in the FA Cup final as well. So he did, he did, but yeah, maybe not more. But he certainly scored a lot of games against Liverpool. Remember that one week? There's one where he spins Carragher, and it's like mm. a half volley. Yeah, goal. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think the thing we need to the main thing that brings us down is the fact he came back, though, isn't it? Is yeah. that like if if he hadn't been? You saying he should have won last week as well? What? <laughs> Absolutely not. But. I think if he hadn't come back, that's literally the perfect end to that story, especially when you think of his Chelsea career. Just the fact he came back almost. I don't, yeah, I, don't know. I know, I know, but I still... It doesn't necessarily it's... sully the moment, but it takes away from it a little bit. Takes it away it's not the final act. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a good point, Cal. <laughs> Just the end of chapter one. Fair point. Okay, oh, yeah. then. On balance, good shout, Tosh. Cheers, Callum. Means a lot. Who anyone want to step forward with theirs next? Anyone uh, volunteer? I'll I'll go next. Uh, kind of link to saying that it was a shame that Drogba came back to not quite soil his reputation, but he certainly didn't enhance it. Uh, the person I'm going for um, was a player that we should have mentioned a couple of weeks ago on premature retirement, but someone who kind of left long before he was expected to or people would have wanted to. Another iconic Premier League player and I'm going for Eric Cantona who um, won the league title in his final season as a professional footballer retired at 30 bowed out very early but certainly on a high. Uh, as I say iconic Premier League player seems a very cool fella as well and just almost almost an enigma kind of a myth it's been built up around them now. I think there was, was there a book or a film called Searching for Eric, which was supposed to be quite good. And I think he's now a singer as well. Um, yeah, so I'll go for Eric Cantona. Mainly because it was um, censored again on other people I wanted to go for, but I'll settle on Eric Cantona. Didn't you say about you could have picked him for comeback areas, but you could have picked him for Mavericks. Yeah, I think you potentially could have picked him for overrated. I think you also could have picked him. He didn't. He didn't get a lot of international caps. I know he wasn't a new cap wonder, so he could he, he could have been a veteran of uh, the Maroon Five. But yeah, I, you forget. I, I 
I knew he'd retired earlier. I didn't realize he just retired at thirty. It is mad. That's the thing now. Like the the lengths people go to. I suppose he sort of retired, didn't he? Like he he had that first spell of United winning titles with all the old boys with Mark Hughes and Brian Robson and people like that, and then he just sort of ushered in the class of ninety two and that group yeah. that go on to win the treble. He sort of probably the link between them two teams, but didn't see how go out. Maybe would they have won the treble with him? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they they pushed on without him. Anyone else? Any thoughts on Cantona? I've never um, really seen much of him, if I'm totally honest. He's always one of those where I feel like for our generation, the the myth that Bob talked about almost kind of comes before him. If you know what I mean, They're like yeah. And I, 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 it'd be interesting though to watch to watch not just like highlight clips, but to watch him a bit more to see just how good he was. But obviously, you just think the way people talk about him. I think he obviously was a good player. United fans absolutely adore him. And the fact that someone who clearly was that good and was that charismatic as well, he was a proper yeah. character in football. It was a, a massive shame that he, he went out so early, but he clearly his heart wasn't in it. And I think, as you say, Bob, the fact that he's done so much since football, he's clearly just a very talented fella who had other interests and fair play to him. He's done really well, but yeah, yeah what, a, what a good way to go out anyway by winning the title. Champions League's better though. <clears throat> Wait till my. <laughs> well, without further ado. Okay. So, as we're on the subject of Champions League, I'll talk about my selection who had the most perfect finale twice with two different clubs, both in two very different circumstances. And I think to have it once, as Tosh says with Drogba, is obviously unbelievable, but to do it to do it twice in the way that he did, I think sets my nominee apart. So my nominee is Jose Mourinho, who first completed this when he was obviously when he first came onto the scene at Porto, when he took a fairly unknown Porto team to the Champions League final. And yes, Bob. Featuring your favourite Everton player as well. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Starring, There's a link. Starring Nuno Valente. And I think Tosh mentioned it. Was it last week, Tosh, when you were talking about... Or was it was it ran, the Ranieri week? Whatever week that was. I lose track. Last week. When we talked mm-hmm. about that Champions League, or maybe if you look at the final four, it's not the strongest semi-finalist in the Champions League's ever had. But if you think of what Mourinho managed to do even throughout that whole campaign. He was dominating in Portugal, but he kind of built an aura around himself and his Porto team, taking these unknown, fairly unknown players. And with the kind of the man management he's got, he made them believe he could beat anyone. And he made other teams believe they could beat him as they he, they could beat them as well. Which I think obviously has just been the thing he's done throughout his career. I also think those same players, have, have a lot of them have since gone on to have big careers at other clubs and it all started kind of with him at Porto. So obviously that was one, but I actually think his bigger finale is at Inter Milan, which happened seven years later, where he was coming into an Inter Milan. So obviously in between Porto and Inter Milan, he'd spent a few years at Chelsea, a couple of successful years, a couple of league titles, and then that didn't really end as he probably wanted so that he didn't get that fairy tale finale at Chelsea. Goes to Inter Milan, who are in the middle of 
or sorry, coming out the back of the Calciopoly. Is that how you say it? Anyone want yeah. to criticise me? I don't you? know. Calciopoly. The, the match fixing scandal. So we come into it into Milan team who were arguably the strongest in Italy, but mainly by default. Because you look at you, they got relegated. AC Milan had been had points deductions, things like that. Fiorentina, Lazio. So he comes into an Inter Milan team that have been gifted two league titles. Now, obviously, then he goes on to win some, but all by all accounts, all Inter wanted was Champions League. In his first year, he didn't. I can't quite remember who he got knocked out by. Was it Man United? United? It was United, actually. Yeah, it should come to me. He got knocked out by United, but apparently, by all accounts, Mourinho being the <clears throat> tactical guy he is, he used that season to build for next season. Spent the summer putting his perfect transfer list together. <clears throat> and what I think is most special about it is how the players that he seems to buy all seem to be, well, according to him, he's actually used the quote where he said, I bought angry players. He bought players with chips on the shoulder who at other teams had, had almost failed or been kicked out of the teams. He bought Wesley Snyder, he bought Sammy Leto, even then went to Genoa and got um, Milito. And he bought these players that you maybe, again, trying to fit the Porto mould, maybe players you didn't fully know about. He took them all the way through Champions League, difficult round after difficult round. Along the way as well, which makes it even more special, he knocked Chelsea out, he knocked his former club out who Obviously, he hadn't had the perfect end with. He then went to the semi-finals against Barcelona against a former colleague of his, Pep Guardiola, who would then go on to be his rival at his next club. And then in the final, he went up against his former manager when he was his assistant, uh, Louis van Arle, Bayern Munich. And I think that's still one of the Champions League finals a lot of people talk about as being special because it should never have happened and Mourinho already knew going into it, it was going to be his last game. You see the scenes after where he's crying with Matarati. Yeah. He's he's gone in knowing it. And for his perfect plan to pay off, he wins the Champions League, takes it back to Italy, and gives it gives the Inter Milan fans everything they wanted, the Inter Milan hierarchy, everything they wanted. And he's completed his dream twice and then again moved on to bigger and better things, as he did Porto to Chelsea and then Inter Milan to Real Madrid. Both times he had the perfect ending. He's not gone back. I know he obviously went back to Chelsea, so he's not gone back to either of those clubs to kind of change his legacy. What they'll remember him for are those two Champions Leagues, the unbelievable achievements. And I think for that reason, when he's looked back on by us and by those supporters, I think that's the legacy he's going to have. And I don't think he gets much better than that. Uh, I was going to mention the Maserati thing, but you already did. But the other thing... Just after the Barcelona game, that celebration just iconic, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so, so good. good. They all hated him even more. I remember as well from like the Chelsea days where he like he he really hated Barcelona because obviously he'd worked there. He was, I think, it was I don't know. It was just before he went to Inter or after he went to Inter. He, Barcelona had rejected him for the job. It must have been just before. So I think he had an even bigger chip on his shoulder, but also it denied. I think again, I could be wrong. You're showing you've researched it. I think they won that final inter at the Bernabeu, and I think so. But it robbed Barcelona the chance of winning it at the Bernabeu. So, like, I think Real Madrid fans were already sort of made up with them because the, the last thing they'd have wanted was Barcelona winning the European Cup in their ground. But yeah, no, it's convincing that I like. I, I definitely agree with you with that. Inter once he's going the Porto one always fantastic. I always, I always think back. I remember 
when he knocked the United out, like they were the goal wrongfully disallowed. I think, I think mad to think what what that difference that might have made. You know, had they got got knocked out to Man United that night, and you know, as I say, but I just all I remember is because obviously that that was back in the days where I got that one Champions League game a week. And I remember I hadn't seen Porto at all. I should seen Monaco a couple of times. And that final was just so comprehensive. Like Porto won 3 0. And it was just you think, oh my God, how like how easy is that for a final? And the same when they beat Bayern Munich in 2010. That was never really a game into we're just always winning that match. And you think how like how he's done that to get them just to win a final. He's just he is unbelievable, Mourinho. And it's also one of them with the Porto one. You think about when's the next time you're going to see a team. Yeah. Even when you think about like Champions League winners now, you generally you're looking from Spain, Germany, England, aren't you? Not even like France or whatever the other or France or Netherlands. It just doesn't really happen. So when do you think the next time you'll see a team from a league like that winning the Champions League? Yeah, no, it's a good point. And again, I think nowadays, like it's like I love it when like you know a team like that Ajax team of a few years ago got to the semis, and the Monaco team with Mbappe and Bernardo Silva they got to their I think the semis of the quarters. That's the best they're ever going to do these days because you just know there's going to be one big team left doing it who are going to win it. So, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable achievement winning winning that with Porto. It's just like yeah, just unbelievable. And I say with Inter, Inter, I'm pretty sure like they've got a very proud European history, but I don't think they'd won one since the '60s before that. Yeah, so he's like, like he's like a god there. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. Porto had won one more recently. I think they won it in the '80s. So yeah, great. Any other points on Mourinho? I think that's a very good case. That to be fair, I, I agree. I think it's a good shout. I'm a big fan of Mourinho. I like Mourinho. I think as we said before, with the whole us against them mentality, I think he's the best at it, um, and he gets the best out of his team through that. Um, yeah, big fan of Mourinho and two good club finales or last seasons at clubs. Go on then, Cal, wrap it up for us. Cool, so I will go for probably it's not really a case of someone having like a really illustrious end to a career of which you know they deserve to go out on a, on a massive high, but I think it's it's an end and a finale that kind of just maybe summed up. Yeah. Somebody, uh, maybe, I don't know, possibly summed up human nature. <laughs> if we're going to go deep, but um, there's a there's a quote of from Aristotle that there's no great genius without some touch of madness. And I think that um, sums up Zidane quite well. So I'm going to go with Zidane with his World Cup 2006 finale. Obviously, it was a... He'd finished the season at Real Madrid and they hadn't done much, to be fair. I think he just got his... Um, maybe 500 I think it was um, career appearance um, that season that was like a personal note obviously he ended his career at Real Madrid as like a, a great of the game and Real Madrid legend um, but they didn't actually do anything of any note that season I don't think um, but obviously he went into the World Cup with France um, and yeah I think it was maybe looking back for us it was like a period of like great football for us I think of people like our age Sort of that 2006 uh, final, the the World Cup balls, those Adidas kits, always kind of like really iconic. I think looking back, um, and yeah, I think Zidane in that World Cup was just unbelievable. I think he got maybe three goals, two assists. Look back at clips now, I think that the quarter final they played against Brazil, really was just incredible. Um, they just couldn't get the ball off him. Um, I think it just like showed what he was all about. Such like a good talent and just you know one of the the all time greats of the game. 
obviously again in the final to take that penalty and do the Penenka it's just like insane I think to, to do that at, at that moment um, and score that against Buffon probably one of the, the best goalies in the world at the time one all time greats um, and he had to look like he was going to lead his like you know his, his nation to, to a World Cup and be that genius but then of course we had later on in the game that touch of madness that came where he the switch flipped um, against Matarati and he headbutted him and obviously with something that's like massively iconic now um, and get sent off and yeah, unfortunately France lose on penalties but yeah again I don't think it's like one of those it's not the way his career deserved to finish I think him winning the World Cup would have been a perfect fit and I think and to do it in that way with scoring that Penenka uh, but yeah I think it's just a, a nice end to like a, a genius I think um, and what a player I think yeah just made possibly some love in, in a bit of a game and it's something that we'll will always be remembered and I think he's a player who will always be remembered and bowed out in the most like yeah infamous possibly um, fashion but yeah I'll go with Zidane's career end in the 2006 uh, World Cup His boots were great for that tournament as well the gold gold yeah legs. exactly that, that's what I mean like, like that era of like us so we would have been 14-ish at that time I think I just I remember you know those those predators, the the World Cup foot, the Adidas World Cup footballs at the time that they like the France kids is like so nice, and then as well that I don't know that kind of just era of football it was great for things like that, and yeah, I just think it was a decent a decent World Cup, and you know it could have been the very 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 best way for Zidane to go out. Change a bit, a couple of unfortunate circumstances, but I still think it's just a, a, a an iconic way to end a career. I think. So are you are you not going best finale then? Are you going most memorable? Yeah, I just think it's like just like an, a real iconic finale. I think. I don't think that was the brief, was it? Callum's always. Well, Tosh's wasn't flexible even, with uh, this. Tosh's wasn't a finale. Well, it was. It was. It was for for. That. You spell it without the e. <laughs> <laughs> Same for Callum. To be fair, I just think for me, obviously, I understand and. You still hear now, don't you? People like eulogize all about that tournament and how Zidane was in that tournament, especially when you think about like playing against England and stuff. But I just, in terms of that, that his finale, that's not what people think about. And that's where I always think in this argument, I mean, obviously you can put it forward, that's fine. But I just think people always remember the headbutt and he goes out as almost like, I don't want to say a bit of a child, but like, what a what a stupid way for a such an elegant footballer to go out. It's like two opposites of what, how he played to then that that stupid decision he made. Yeah, but isn't that why it was so great? I, I actually, I think I completely disagree with you, Sean. I think it is a great finale. It, it isn't. It is. It, it is. It can't it be. Is. It's, it is because again, I actually, I. I don't think it matters that he did that. What that happened, I think it makes it better. He might, they might have just lost that. They might have just lost it anyway, and it makes it better that he did that, losing it like that. But you, you, you can't say that. You can't go. He might have lost it anyway. Sean, I'm going to meet you. Don't start Who's doing that. Child, now. I think what Callum's point is correct. That like as a finale for him, that tournament, he was someone. Zidane, you see a lot of sort of debate about 
his career, the one thing you say is about, you know, he won the 90, he scored the two goals in the 98 final, 2006, he sort of dragged France there. I know there was lots of good players, but, and then that final, he's obviously done what he's done and he's just got sent off. And I actually don't think they would have won it. I think Italy's sort of name was on that with all the same scandal you'd mentioned about before and Italy dragging themselves there. And Italy have got that sort of way. And I think Zidane had had his moment in a World Cup final where he'd scored his goals. He'd scored in that one. Not many people have scored in two different World Cup finals. And I, uh, I actually, I'm with Callum, and I had to promote my uh, new book I'm reading at the moment, Sacra Blair. Matthew Spiro says the same, and he actually says, and the thing that I think is interesting, the way Beckham, we were talking about Beckham last week, and about the way you know you think about the reaction when he got sent off in '98. It talks about in here that in France, no one was actually bothered about him. No one actually sort of battered an eye. The, the president came out and praised him, saying he's a man of heart, commitment, and conviction. So. That's not my word, Sean. That's the, uh, the words of Jacques Chirac. So well, take it over. Let's, see if, let's to... see if Jacques Chirac's following us on Twitter. If so, we can vote. Yeah. Does anyone know his art? Or... <laughs> if not, unlucky. Stacker Blair by Matthew Spiro. Book of the Week. Yeah, but tell you what, Tosh, you've done half going through some books, don't you? Yeah, it's a good one. This one. I'm only halfway through this one, though. But yeah, no, it's, it was just topical. I'm, I'm with Callum. I think it's a great child. I actually think it's one of the more obvious ones. And I think it just sums up. It's not all about winning. It's about things you do and moments you do. And I think it's a brilliant way to go out. Why you going out? Sort of defending your honour, defending your family's honour, headbutting someone. Oh, and that's something on. that's remembered forever. I'm not, I'm not having that's, this. That's best. Once again, no one, oh, you won a penalty shootout. No one would remember that. Everyone remembers what he's done there. He's already won a World Cup. Sorry. So, so right, you're saying it's great. So, right, picture, picture now. Imagine... Kids watching this match and they see this footballer who their dad's gone on about is the greatest footballer you've ever seen. He's so skillful, everything you could possibly want in a footballer. He's got that dog in it. And then he does that. You want your you want your kids to do that? I think it's an absolute joke. I can't believe this has happened. Nah, it's Sean, you're yeah. wrong. You're wrong I... on this one, I'm afraid, Sean. There's a statue of it as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is, which is exactly what why it's ridiculous. He's been immortalised as a big baby. But he was also what? unbelievable in that tournament. What? All this, all this defending your family's honour. What? Like, what Matarati said to him is something kids say to each other in school every day. Your mum this, your mum that, and he had butted them in a World Cup final as the captain. Yeah, but could the kids score up an anchor in a World Cup final? Probably not. There we go then. Matthew's <laughs> silent, Sean. Absolute nonsense. Uh, I think, yeah, we're obviously going to have to agree to disagree with that one. So we'll. Uh... Wrap up a feisty Maroon 5 there. So we'll quickly run through the votes. So remember, finales, we've got Sir Alex as the obvious one, Drogba, Cantona, Jose and Zidane. Remember to go and cast your vote on X or Twitter, whatever you choose to call it. And uh, we'll see who's marooned this time next week. Okay, shall we uh, get ready for the pick in the game this week? Is the, re- is the wheel prime and ready to go, Sean? It isn't, but it will be now. Callum mentioned the phrase human nature before, so I was going to suggest that as song of the week. I mean, is, is I the mean, song not the song of the week? Yeah, it's I'd, yeah, be, I'd change my mind, yeah. Sorry, I just I can't remember what the games were. Oh, for God's sake, all the planning we do, Sean, and you're letting us down. I was too busy. I was too busy arguing. At least he was on time this week, at least. I was early. I had another book yeah. as well. I read a biography for Zidane this week. It was the other week, year as well, so I had that one. So I was torn between two. That's a very good book. So you're biased then? You can't be biased to football and genius. 
not wrong. That's why I mean, get on, feisty but great footballers. That a bocker top there, Bob. It is, yeah. Were you gutted the other night, Bob? What? Were you gutted the other night when they lost? Yeah, heartbroken. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you watch it? No. I Great. watched the half. Yeah, it was good. Just, a, just another feisty one, wasn't it? Just fighting all the time. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. It's time then to pick our game for this week. So as I coined last week, now that they're in, it's time to spin. <laughs> I had a few people say. I had a few people saying it as well this week. <laughs> And the game this week is, I always show you, even though you can't see it on the Zoom, it's Wolves against Spurs. What a game. We shouldn't need, we shouldn't need much prep here because we've done Spurs, haven't we? And also, I need to go, so... Some Wolves, then. Yeah. I also didn't watch any of Wolves at the weekend, so... Tottenham have only got about... Four players available, haven't they? So that should <laughs> no, make it interesting. Pretty heavy time, you know, for Tottenham. <laughs> but no defence as well. That's what Ledley King's up to. <laughs> He's used to not trading. Tosh, don't say any more players or you'll be accused of cheating for listing names. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that, yeah. Keep Ledley King under me. But someone's already guessed him yeah, in the I, past, I think. I had Ledley King. Yeah, so... Um, now I I seen obviously watched Tottenham. We spoke about that one. I have seen the highlights of Wolves got beat to Sheffield United, didn't they? Again, they were losing one 0 and scored quite late on, and then very good goal. Actually, I can't remember the name of the fellow who scored, but a nice finish. Right. And then obviously, what was it? Sorry, it was Archer, wasn't it? No, I'm talking about for Wolves. Sorry. Oh, sorry. A lads goal for them. That was a, that was also a great goal by Archer. Um, and then obviously done by a bit of a. A penalty similar to the one we spoke about last week, where a first view and it looked like a penalty, but on second view and I think um, probably a bit dodgy again. Javier has and spotted, but Wolves, I think they seem a bit mad. Where they seem capable of, you know, they've obviously beaten Man City. They took Liverpool very close. They were very. They should. Have, they should have got something against United, but then they've beaten British teams. You know, like I think they drew with Luton. They got beat to Sheffield United. They just seem a bit mad. So I think they maybe built a bit more to play on the, the counter. Like, I think, you know, someone like that, Cunha, he looks like powerful and running. I remember against United, he was uh, yeah, really breaking down the pitch. And I think they're obviously going to miss Neves massively. I don't know how long is he out for. He went off injured against Newcastle, I'm not too sure. But, you mean Neto? Yeah, yeah what's that I say? Neves. Who's he? Ruben Neves, who doesn't play for them anymore. Oh, yeah, the midfielder, yeah. Neto, sorry, I meant, thank you. Yeah, so they're obviously losing a bit of something there, but you know, I think we've certainly got enough to trouble Spurs. I think, particularly with what what Spurs are we missing? But it'd be interesting to see, you know, how Spurs can react. I suppose with a couple of people suspended and you know the players injured, Madison potentially, and obviously Van der Ven. Be interesting. Sorry, because um, as I said before, I've got a house view and Hannah's about to Hoover, so I need to mute myself. So you talk amongst yourselves. I I was going to say that we need to talk and just get on with it kind of thing. You're still muted, John. Can you hear the Hoover? No. 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 Oh, sorry. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, then we need two predictions, don't we? 
That's all we've got for the game. Well, no one else spoke. <laughs> As I said, I didn't watch any of Wolves, so I know they've been a bit hit and miss this year, but they've got a couple of um, decent results, haven't they? Obviously, that draw against Newcastle, which arguably they should have won. And then the following week, they go and get beat by Sheffield United, which is obviously the worst thing you can do currently, <laughs> currently in the Premier League. So I don't know, but Tottenham are just an unknown quantity because Ange, for me, seems to want to play the same. I didn't watch Chelsea, Tottenham, but I've watched the highlights and stuff. And by all accounts, even when disaster happened and he got red cards and injuries, he stuck to the same style of play. Mm-hmm. So it's whether his second string, for me, can do the same job as his first eleven. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if the defenders who come in are as comfortable doing what he wants them to do on the ball and stuff. Yeah, because that's obviously without, without much match experience. That starting eleven seems to have been fairly consistent, hasn't it, this season? So it's not like you're bringing one player in here. You're bringing quite a few. Obviously, how long will Madison be out? He's going to be a couple of weeks, isn't he? Uh, yeah. he, he, he did kind of walk off. Yeah, and he, he, he didn't did look so like he wanted to come off. No. He just wanted, he wanted another roast dinner. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Van der the game's not on Sunday, is it? Yeah, that was really bad, yeah. yeah. But again, I think it's even just like the playing with that high line. He can do that with him. Even that high line could be dangerous. We say Wolves have got a bit of pace up there with that Huang and stuff. It could be, could be an interesting one for Wolves there if they try and hit them on the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, Wolves might give them a game. Again, it's probably ordinarily you say that Spurs just bats them, don't you? See who comes in and how they play. But generally, I think, yeah, I think Tottenham will probably just have enough to win that game. So, I mean, as a first prediction, I'll go with... 2-1 to Tottenham. I'll go 4-1 Tottenham. Is that Wolves, yeah? Yeah, I just... Ange Ball's going to have a good day, I reckon. I'll go... I'll book the trend. I'll go one all. I was going to go one all, but I'll book the trend again and I'll go 2-1 Wolves. You can't stop, you can't stop predicting some of our relegation rivals to win, Sean. I can because I'd also predict <laughs> Everton to lose, so it's fine. He also predicted a high score of one 0 last week, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I was I, was it wrong? Well, you said the other way, but doesn't matter. It's high score and a one 0 as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Right then, so it's time to pick our number for said game. So obviously, Wolves against Wolves against Tottenham. So as always. It's between 50 and 450. And to coin Tosh's catchphrase, if you're in a slumber, let's get the number. Did you hear anyone saying that, Tosh? No, I forgot <laughs> I said it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. So our number this week is 114. Good number. Literally. Good number. Are we right. saying current or no current for that? Are we, are we putting that on ourselves? Should we have a, a limit of it? Of a hundred for current, yeah. I think that 114 is fine for current players. Yeah, but you always when, go current though. But when's but when's the cut off though? It's like we need it. We need our number to cut off at, don't we? I think I thought it was always hundred. I'd go one one five personally, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually I'm not bothered. No, we're really joking. Yeah, go go. I'm happy with that. So should we go hundreds current? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds right. I might have to do mine and then go. But then okay. if you obviously you just carry on and 
Oh, we need to do the song. Bob, do you want to do the song? Because it's the Beatles. Like, sing it or? <laughs> well, it'd be better than theirs, to be fair. Agreed. Can you mention the Amarillo video as well? Well, then I'd have to mention Jimmy Savile and that'd be frowned upon. So just say, while, oh, yeah. while, while we're thinking song of the week this week is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah we'll do. What was the number again? Sorry. 114. I think that's my catchphrase. Callum's <laughs> is, is, is way off. So wh- when are you doing the song, Bob? <laughs> At the end? Or now? I'll, okay, you, I'll do it now. You can do it at the end if you want to have a think, but just um, just make sure you remember. Okay. I also need to speed it up as well. Can I just have me and Bob doing, like, if Callum has to go to footy and me and Bob are left? Imagine the chaos that's going to happen if it's just those two <laughs> left and trying to organise it. That's what I'm open for. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be laughing when all the hours ended up deleted. So when I, um, when I, when I get the recording through. It'd just be me on my own as well, because Tosh will keep on breaking up. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I have a think that I'll, I'll, I'll do the song of the week now. Okay, go ahead. So we've got the number for this week. I've just been reminded for the fourth time that it's 114. So we're going to have a couple of minutes to think. And while we do that, uh, have a listen to the song of the week, which, as we mentioned before, um, the Beatles are back, despite two of them being dead for a combined 66 years I think it is back with another song called Now and Then so give that a listen and appreciate the greatest band of all time probably not at the best but still worth a listen actually you should mention make sure you watch a video as well because it's comedy gold what is the what's the thing with the video what is it they've just got like stock footage from years ago and then just put modern day Paul and Ringo into it it is very very funny it's like do you know my photoshop and I put all our faces on Maroon 5 it's like that yeah it's like that yeah I'm open for a job out of it right can I do mine and then shoot I will go this week for a Wolves player based on the fact I think he was quite old when he went there, even though he's always looked about 50. And I'm going to go from a player from when Wolves were in the Premier League when I was a kid, which may be from the time of me sticker book, but I can assure you, Tosh, I haven't checked it, I promise. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Dennis Irwin. Great <laughs> shot. I know he was at Wolves. I don't know how long he was there, but he was old. So he's probably there about a season or two. I thought you were going to go from that team. I maybe shouldn't say, but I was going to say, maybe in case someone's got it. It's not my guess, but I thought you were going to say Paul Ince on that team as well. He was there that time, wasn't he? That uh, year he, he was, yeah. In that so Dorito, I was thinking you were going to say then when you said old. Doritos kit, that's what I remember, Wolves. Yeah. I think it might have been that season. Yeah. Was he only that, there that one year? Well, no, that, they, they, they were up and down for one year, yeah, yeah. around about three, four. I think it was that year, that season you had. Um, is everyone else ready to go? I can do mine. Or... It's like two, a couple of minutes, I think. Okay. Sorry, lads, I'm going to shoot. Oh, cool, nice yeah. one. Nice Excuse one, Sean. Do you know it? Okay. One of you are thinking, I'll have another think then. 
Right, think, have I you think scored? Got, have you only got one? I think I've got two. I think I'm, I'm just trying to think which one would be a better one. I think I've got one, but I'm happy for either you to go first. We just wait till Callum's got his. Go on, yeah, go on. I'll I'll go. I'll go my one. I've got one. Do you want to go then, Cap? Okay. Yeah. So I will go. I mean, I I've been accused of going for current player, so I won't go for a current player this week. I will go for someone who I think was kind of early two thousands uh, for a few years. Um, someone who I kind of remember playing when I was like much younger. An American, which is possibly going to be a, a theme coming up um, in future weeks. And shout out to our big American fan, uh, Max Burns. I'm going to go with Casey Keller, Ooh. who I think is probably there for a few seasons. Yeah, hoping that might take it up to about the 114 mark. So, yeah, my shout to Casey Keller. I've got no idea. I suppose you could have got another American goalie play for Spurs maybe as well. I don't know. I thought that's where you were maybe heading. I honestly no idea that one. I'm actually going to go goalkeeper as well. I'm going another Spurs goalkeeper. I went, and again, I had a couple of me thoughts. Couldn't really think of a Wolves one. I'm, I'm not great. I was thinking, it made me think of a Wolves could have been maybe Jao Moutinho. So he was my second one if someone else would have picked um, the one I'm going. So I'm going to go another keeper. I'm going to go Heredio Gomez. Nice. There's a no chaotic idea. player. There's a chaotic player for you. Yeah, I know. I just, I was I, I, Spurs have always done rubbish on the Spurs ones, I think. So I'm, uh, I'm just thinking goalkeeper. So, yeah, that's my guess. Bob, I've completely forgotten who I was going to go for. <laughs> you want Jamie Tino? <laughs> no, okay, thanks. Oh, for God's sake. It's going to do me head in now. I'm going to start checking why you're doing it, Bob, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Just because it usually takes me four hours. <laughs> You've only got two to check. Oh, no, sorry, three. Sean's on. Yeah. I'm struggling at the moment to spell Heredio Gomez. I've just I've just checked this, to be fair. Well, mind you, I didn't do it on transfer market. Mm. It's he. H E U R E L H O. No, wait a minute. I'm sure it's just, it's just I was trying to do it with a transfer marker. I'll do it the other way around and then just type his name. I've got it. It came back into my head because he's like such a random player. Is there an um, Everton link? No, no, Everton link. It was, I was almost going to go for a Liverpool link, but I thought that would have been completely against the rules for me. I was going to go for Diogo Jota. Yeah. Sure. Um, so gone Tottenham player. Um can I go for Eunice Kabul? <laughs> that is a random one. It, it should have been a memorable name to stay in my head, but Let me to check Eunice Kabul, Tosh. You check mine, I'll check Eunice Kabul. I've already done yours, yeah. Can't say Mark at hundred percent accurate. Think so, yeah. There was one year, me and Dominic the other week, we were looking at where Evan had finished one season, me and him were arguing, and he checked, and it, it was it was different on France from America than where we'd actually finished. All right. Yeah. yeah, got them. So, the results are in, as always, verified on transfer markets, so if you're checking, that's where you can compare your answers to ours. Not the best of guess, massively close, so in fourth place, 
33 out with 81 appearances is Dennis Irwin. So Sean is getting one point in third place. Third, second and third were both one appearance apart. That was quite close. So with one three five, so this is third place, sorry, with 21 out is Eunice Cabal. So Bob, second place with one three four was Hooray. That means Callum this week has won with Casey Keller, which was 98, so 60 out. So Callum takes home the four points this week. That was for you, Max. Oh, you right. Well done. And Max does like going in goal. <laughs> he does as well, to be fair. USA, USA. Yeah, I'll take that. Thanks, Casey Keller. Michael Casey was also a good goalie as well. So I was amazed <laughs> you hadn't you hadn't mentioned him earlier. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't like blasties if you were in goal. <laughs> good stuff. So that was another Hopefully a good episode of Keeping Appearances for you all. Some great debate on the weekend's football. We had a very interesting edition of Maroon 5 with some you know, good finales mentioned. Please head over to our X um, account and vote. And yeah, a, a very close uh, round of Keeping Up Appearances with some good random shouts in there as well. I'm glad to take all the points on there. I'm not sure what it does to the league table I'm sure Sean will figure that out but yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next week good job Cal just if you're interested it puts you into second position Callum really is right Sean 32 Bob 34 Callum 35 and I've made it up to 40 I'll take it good stuff I will have to shoot okay I'll go as well (laughs) see you later nice one do we don't matter we don't have to do anything else, do we? Just send Sean the recording, I assume. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just send, yeah. yeah um, see you later. Nice to see you. Bye, bye, bye.